Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. In this episode, the crisis at the border. Now that the establishment media is at least acknowledging there are problems, why aren't liberals crying out for the children who are subjects of human trafficking? The details are shocking. The Democrats proposed transgender law. Guess who's complaining? Otherwise, liberal female athletes. What does God say about this, and how are Christians to respond? Once again, California pushes the morality envelope, this time attempting to make a controversial abortion pill available on all college campuses free of charge. And has life ever hit you in the face so hard that you really didn't know if you could make it? How to experience real joy. It's all coming up on Hidden Headlines. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brian Sussman. And more on these stories and more at briansussman.com. Well, let's dive into the situation at our southern border. The number of unauthorized border crossings are surging this year, with new records being set monthly. And this, of course, includes the number of families entering the United States outside of legal points of entrance. Here's the problem. Most of these families are now from Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. Many adults and children who cross, of course, seek asylum in the United States. When, a, when two parents come with children, it's assumed that those children are theirs. Most of the time, there is absolutely no proof. It's their word against nobody else's. But what we're finding out now is that the Border Patrol is warning that its holding facilities are well past capacity. And because of various laws that have been passed by Congress and various rulings that have come from, for example, federal courts, we can only hold these people for certain lengths of time before they're released into the country, in many cases never to be seen again. Well, what's happening right now should be very, very troubling to many. Because in one case filed in federal court in El Paso in April, authorities accused a Guatemalan man of having a fake birth certificate printed that claimed he was the father of a teenager who crossed with him on the border illegally. Authorities say the teen indeed was not this man's son. The teen agreed to go with the man because he wanted to leave Guatemala. They couldn't confirm the teen's age. What happened with this teenager? Well, it's what's happening with many kids. They get across the border, only to be picked up again by coyotes and then taken back to their home of Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, and brought back up through Mexico with yet another adult or another family. In other words, these kids, these children, these people, these humans are being trafficked to make it appear as if they're members of a family that they're not really members of. Sometimes, again, with older children, teenagers, for example, they're told, just go with this guy, go with this family, and you'll be good. Pretend at the border as if you're a member of the family. Then when you get across, boom, you're free. But what happens is the coyotes are well aware of this entire plan because they're the ones who set it up. They take the children again, sometimes, again, teenagers, sometimes... God forbid, toddlers, take them back south only to bring them up again. 
It's called child recycling, and the Department of Homeland Security is warning about this. These are cases when children are allowed into the United States because of our ridiculous laws and rulings, and then smuggled back into Central America to be paired up again with other adults in fake families. And this is something that's impossible to catch without proper documentation. And therein lies the problem. These people do not have the proper documentation. So these kids are essentially being rented, for lack of a better word. Now, this is disgusting. It's horrible. It's troubling. It's all of that. But one of the big problems along with this is it would seem as if there are liberals who might be listening curiously to this podcast who say, I'm lying. I'm making this up. Or they'll say, well, he says he's reading it from some Department of Homeland Security website or statement or whatever. That's made up as well, because as we all know, the Trump administration lies. Folks, folks, there was a roundtable with Trump in February. One Border Patrol officer described a case that he said led to eight indictments in South Carolina, including of a Guatemalan woman who said she had recycled children 13 times for payments of $1,500 per child. This is happening. This is disgusting. And for that reason, and that reason alone, we should shut down the border. That's my opinion. You may have one that differs. Feel free to go to briansussman.com and you can email me accordingly. We'll move on to this next story. The Bible says it, therefore I believe it. I'm one of those guys. What I read in the Bible, I believe. It's, it's the most wonderful book on planet Earth. I consider it to be my, my user's manual, quite frankly. <laughs> I turn with you to the book of Genesis. It's the first book in the Bible. This is a book penned by Mo- Moses. And uh, the words were given to him by God. This is the first chapter, verse 27, 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God created in his own image male and female, man and woman, in his own image. We bear the image of our creator. What what does that mean, really? When you think about that, what does that mean? Does that mean we're God? No, no, we're not God even with a little g. It means we have the ability to feel. It means we have the ability to, to create. We can't create the earth, but we are creative beings, and we have feelings, and we have emotions, and we can love, and we can hate. And that's unique compared to all the other animals on the planet. And in fact, it may be an insult to even call us or refer to us in any way, shape, or form as as an animal. We are humans. We are unique. Nothing else like us. Made in the image of God, male and female. And what was, what was the the plan that God had for us as men and women. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. We are to make babies. That's what we do. And the plumbing is is perfectly, is perfectly created for that a man and a woman to be connected together 
and make magic. And that magic produces human beings. We can replicate. It is awesome. So that's male and female, man and woman. But we live in a day and age where people are flying, where, where morality is flying in the face of God, and people don't want to be a husband and wife. They want to be a husband and a husband, or a wife or a wife, and some men feel like they're women, and some women feel like they're men. Now, how does the God follower, how does the Christian, how does the Messianic Jew respond to that? I'll talk about that in just a moment. But now we have a liberal publication like the Washington Post. They have dared to post an op-ed in which three liberal women are speaking out against a trend that is being pushed by the opponents of the gospel, the opponents of the Bible, the opponents of books like Genesis and what Moses wrote in the first chapter, which I just read to you. It has to do with transgender athletes. And in this particular case, we're talking about trans, transgender athletes who are actually biologically men, but participate in a woman's sport. So who are these liberal women? Well, uh, one is a former tennis champion. Perhaps you've heard of her, Martina Navratilova, one of the all-time greats. Another is Dorian Coleman. She's a law professor, but you probably don't remember her as a law, know her as a law professor. You may remember her as a former elite track athlete. And then you have Sonia Richards-Ross. She's an NBC TV sports analyst, also a four-time Olympic gold medalist. So these women are concerned about something that, that the Democrat Party is pushing right now. Nancy Pelosi is pushing this. It's the push for pro-transgender—well, it's called the Equality Act. It's very pro-transgender, the Equality Act. They say it will ruin women's sports, and I would agree. Quote, The transgender legislation would make it unlawful to differentiate among girls and women in sports on the basis of sex for any purpose. For example, a, a sports team couldn't treat a transgender woman differently from a woman who is not transgender on the grounds that the former is male-bodied. Yet the reality is that putting male and female-bodied athletes together is co-ed or, or open sport. And in an open sport, females lose. So do you see what they're saying? They're all for the Equality Act. They're all for transgender. But they say in that particular situation, it's just not fair. Because the men, though they may identify as a woman, or the men, even though they've gone through hormone um, replacement, they still are men biologically. They still have an advantage and a distinct advantage of that. So these three women who wrote this op-ed in the Washington Post say transgender advocates prefer that women's sports be used to help men who claim to be a woman. Well, yeah, I guess it's helping the men feel better about themselves, but it certainly isn't fair. I mean, think about this. You're a woman participating in a sport, and you've worked very, very hard to get ahead in your sport and be the very best. That's the idea when you participate in sports. You want to win. You want to be the very, very best. You train hard. You do everything you can. And suddenly, you're participating against someone who identifies as a woman but has the DNA of a man. And you get beaten. Now, to me, that's just plain not fair. But in this day and age of equality, this is where people are trying to take us. So now you have some athletes who are otherwise very liberal women 
who are speaking out on this particular issue, as they should. They're all for the Equality Act. And let's be realistic when it comes to housing discrimination, education discrimination, employment discrimination. We would want to be able to say, I will look at anyone's qualifications. But when it comes to sports, which is all about our bodies and how we train our bodies to perform and while how we have inherent giftedness oftentimes, the guys are always going to have an advantage over the women. That is not fair. Now, where should those of us who believe in the Bible and follow God stand on this issue? I would say, clearly, it's not fair. But do we hate those who are transgender? How do we treat those who are transgender? The reality is there are precious people who have genuine struggles with gender dysphoria. That's, that's a condition where a person senses that their gender identity, you know, how they feel about being a man or a woman, male or female, may not align with their biological sex. And this could come from a variety of things. I'm not a psychologist, but I know plenty of them. And I've also had, I've had many friends who have uh, suffered with this gender dysphoria. I've had friends who are gay and who were gay. Now you're saying, what do you mean, were gay? Are your friends dead? No, they, they were gay. And they're, they're no longer gay. Now, what would cause someone to go in that particular direction? I, I would guess there are many, 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 many reasons for that. But in the situations that I'm aware of with people I know and people I've associated with over the years, uh, in many cases, both male and female, those who are gay could probably trace it back to having been sexually abused by perhaps a family member or maybe a stranger. But they were sexually abused. And can I tell you something? That can screw somebody up big time. So there are a lot of reasons for this. I just note one of them. That's been my experience with my friends. So I really do have sympathy for those who are in that particular situation. And God does as well. And, and God is so awesome and God is so powerful and God is so transforming that he can transform that individual. I have met many people in that particular situation there was a, a church we were a part of in the San Francisco Bay Area. It was on the peninsula. That church had an entire ministry devoted to those who suffered from this particular malady, if you, if you will, gender dysphoria. It had a whole bunch of guys who were gay or uh, used to be gay. And through the love of God being introduced into their life and surrendering their will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and repenting for their sins, I saw guys change before my very eyes to the point where many of these guys ended up falling in love with women and uh, were married. So I know it can happen. Now, no one wants to talk about that. You, you start mentioning this and suddenly you're like a psycho. But I'm just saying these are deeply hurting people and those people need to know that God loves them and that followers of his son love them as well. So we need to love. 
We need to walk in God's ways, and we need to pray that people in this particular situation and and want to get out will find that way out through the love of God. Earlier this week, pro-life leaders testified in the California Senate against a bill that would require all public universities in California to provide. Well, in California, we have this thing about being number one. We always want to be first. I'm, I'm joking, but it seems that way with our legislature. This is the most liberal legislature. And it's really sad because there aren't enough conservatives to bat down what is produced in that body of, of leg- legislators. And then the other problem is this is a full-time legislative body. It's amazing because I know some of you listening to this podcast live in Texas. Your legislature meets every other year for six weeks. That's why you don't have a lot of these crazy laws. Our guys are in this for keeps year round. And they usually propose about, on the average, 7,000 laws a year. And about 1,500 of those are enacted. It's sickening. By the way, this is something else I commend the Trump administration for. Nobody talks about this. It was a campaign promise of Donald Trump. Donald Trump said for every new regulation, he was going to get rid of two. And that's what he's been doing. That's called draining the swamp, friends. That's a really cool thing. Whether you, I don't know what you think about Donald Trump, but you've got to admit that is really cool. So here we go. Here we go in California. We've got a bill that would require all public universities in the state to provide abortion pills to the students for free. It would mandate that California's public universities provide students with RU486. That's a drug used in first trimester abortions. First three months. First three months. Now listen to this. The drug works by blocking a hormone that ensures the woman's uterus thickens and allows a newly created human being to develop. So without that hormone, the uterine lining is shed and the human being subsequently dies. I I know this is really disgusting, but all this happens in a toilet. That's why some call this gruesome drug the toilet seat abortion pill. So it appears as if uh, this will pass. This has passed once before. It passed when Jerry Brown was our governor. And Jerry Brown uh, did not sign the bill. for. It was kind of miraculous. He just didn't sign the bill. Now Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi's nephew, is the governor, and he will likely sign this in a heartbeat. But, gee, nothing could go wrong here. Isn't it amazing? We give drugs like this out. Powerful drugs like this are given out. There's a little instruction packet, and then you just go use it. Uh, This is gruesome. But on top of that, what about the person who comes into the school uh, nurse's office or doctor's office or whatever it may be, and they're actually four, five, or six months pregnant? or seven or eight months pregnant, and they want this particular drug. There's no test. They don't test you to see how many months pregnant you are. They just give you the drug. And you you think about that, and this policy becomes even more gruesome. So that's where we are. It's in California. And if it's in California, that means legislators in your state are probably thinking about it as well. That is really, really sad. 
Finally, on hidden headlines. Has there ever been anything in the Bible that you just didn't like? I asked this question on my blog. Now, if you responded affirmative to, affirmatively as I did, uh, it should come as no surprise. I mean, what is it in the Bible you don't like? There, just depending on where you are in life, there, there's a lot of it that you could find offensive. Uh, for me, I guess the thing I don't like is that we're supposed to forgive everyone. Because I'm one of those guys, I, my, my flesh likes to hang on to things. I, I really enjoy being mad sometimes. And I enjoy just having it out for somebody. I'm just telling you what's in my heart. But I realize when you're, when you're mad at somebody, when you're holding a grudge against somebody, when you refuse to forgive someone, when you've got that chip on your shoulder about something or somebody, who is that hurting? You. They're not thinking about it. The person who harmed you is going about their life. I mean, even if that person's in jail, and you, you go to bed every night just absolutely hating that SOB. They're, they're not thinking about you. Or that neighbor down the street who offended you. You're just at home. I'm going to get that guy. If I see them again next time, they're not thinking about you. See, this is where forgiveness is really an important thing because God forgives us despite our sins. Right? We need to forgive others as he forgives us. And if you don't have the ability to do that, maybe what I'm about to share in this commentary will, will help you out, because I've been there and done that. It's interesting. We began this podcast by talking about, in the beginning, God created male and female. In the beginning, he created us. Uh, you know, we're not even a close cousin to the animals or a distant relative of the ape <laughs> or primitive plant life, or primordial goo. Instead, we are wonderful and unique. We are the most excellent of all God's works. And we represent a special expression of divine nature. Unlike the making of everything else described in the Bible's opening chapter, there was a council that occurred between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit prior to our creation. So there is something very, very special about us, we were introduced into this world, so to speak, with solemnity, dignity, and the honor of an intimate deliberation on the part of what's sometimes referred to as the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Contemplate how wonderfully we've been made. God graciously gave us intellectual ability far superior to that of any, any animal. That's powerful stuff. Psalm 139.14 sums this up nicely. I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. When one considers all this, it would seem foolish not to take up God's offer of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Seriously. God, God's Son's willing to forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. Seriously. Who you've offended. What's, what's deep down in your heart that only you know about, that no one else knows about? God can forgive you for even that. And once forgiven, it only makes sense to acknowledge him as Savior and Lord. Because only then are we able to understand that the precepts of the Lord are right. And once we live according to those precepts, we have fellowship with God and our lives operate better, giving joy to the heart. Where am I going with this? 
I'm just asking you this question. What's eating you? What's bothering you? What's troubling you? There have been times in my life, and I don't want to get into the details because those details are really nobody else's business because they involve other people. But there have been some low moments in my life where I really didn't think I could make it another minute, let alone another hour or let alone another day. I remember after one particularly traumatic incident that uh, was really, really, really tough to get through. I was so distraught. I remember going to a shopping center. I can't remember if I was going to a grocery store or a Best Buy or whatever, but I'm in a, I'm in a parking lot. And I get out of my vehicle and I go into the store and I come back and there's the door of my car open with the keys in the car and the engine running. Did somebody try to break in my car? No, that's how I left the vehicle. I was so distraught, so out of my mind crazy that I left my truck running with the door open. But you know who who actually came to the rescue, it was the Lord. Even in in that moment, I remember getting in my vehicle, I just started crying because I thought on, on top of everything else, my car should have been, my truck should have been stolen. But I made that decision many, many years ago that I needed something more than what life was dealing out to me. And I needed the love of the Lord. And so I was able to surrender my life as a, as a young Jewish guy. I surrendered my life to Messiah Yeshua, to Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And I made that declaration of faith. And I've never looked back, but I just keep going forward. Let me give you one story really quick. This is an awesome one. A young man that I still know to this day, and I'd love to... I'd love to have him as a part of my Another Chance podcast, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, I hope you will hear. I'm just so proud of those, uh, those works. But a, a young man once told me about the night that changed his life. At his mother's insistence, he and his twin brother left. They left. They left their dysfunctional home to escape domestic violence perpetrated by their stepfather. Uh, the two boys had been attending a youth group at a local church, and the pastor was able to take them in. I'll never forget my friend's description of that first night away from home. He told me he was laying in the bottom bunk. His brother, twin brother, was on the top bunk. And he was thinking about all the wonderful people in the church who were just so nice to him and his brother. And he knew that he was in bed, his brother was in bed, they were safe, He knew that there were people in the church who loved him. He knew that God loved him. And at that moment in time, he believed that God was his true father. His real father, who knows where he was. The stepfather was a jerk. But my friend decided right then and there that there was nothing else in life he wanted any more than following God, who was his father. And can I tell you something? This young guy never swerved from the path. He believed God and has followed him ever since. Now, this kid never attended college. I don't, I don't even know if he graduated high school. But when he was 18 or 19, he landed a job as a delivery man for a Silicon Valley high-tech startup company. 
He was just driving around a little delivery truck. And he kept coming to church and kept following the Lord. And he married a beautiful woman from the church, started a family, continued working at the company, the startup. Startup starts, got funding, startup takes off. He continued seeing promotions. The company has been wildly successful, and it's probably been 20 years later. This guy's worth millions. My friend knows that the precepts of the Lord are right, and through obedience, his life is full of great joy. And you could take away the job and the millions, he'd still be full of great joy. Sadly, that night on the top bunk, his twin brother didn't make the same decision. And for many years, his life was, was a waste as he drifted in and out of trouble and jail. I don't know where that guy in the top bunk is today. I hope everything is okay. And I'll find out after this podcast. But isn't it interesting? Twin brothers, one identical backgrounds. Same, same lack of joy. One decides to follow Jesus, the other doesn't, and look what happens. Now, obeying God doesn't mean you're expecting to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire, but it means deep down inside, you've got this peace that passes all understanding, and that peace will get you through absolutely, positively guaranteed. And that's Hidden Headlines. Faith, Family, Freedom. I'd love to hear from you. Just go to my website and email me. It would be great to hear from you on Facebook, Brian Sussman Show, Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. We'll be back next time. And by the way, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, by all means, share it. It's a weekly podcast and it's really gaining traction. Brian Sussman, God bless you. Signing off.